1: Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, "But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart." Luke two nineteen. We want to thank Home Instead, our sponsor for this episode. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted, senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. Now, I am so excited about today's show because I have brought you somebody very, very special. She is on my five-finger list of people that I find to be heroic. Her name is Katie Butts. I've known her a long time, and she hasn't really known me because I pretty much just stalk her on Facebook. Facebook, but I know her family and I know her, I've I've been enjoying following her family's adventures. Katie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kathy. So you sent me this wonderful bio and and I want to say, it cracked me up because I know you well enough to know that you're very funny and I just was going to tell our listeners that right up front in case, because we're going to talk about a very serious topic today. Our topic today is, what is it like as a young Married couple, when you suddenly find out your expectations are not what God has planned for you. So, I'm going to call this series the Unexpected Parenting Series. And you've just, you've just, you are a champion. So, when I got your bio, I was just kind of laughing because the two things that stood out more than anything else on the things you wrote to me that are your accomplishments one was ad- adventurousness and humility. And also humor. So in her bio that she sent me, I got all this great stuff that I didn't know. Like she went to Baylor. She met her husband while they were in Spain. And he's a West Texas boy, which I thought was really brilliant of you to marry a Texan in spite of being so far away from home. (laughs) I'm pretty sure your mother agrees with me about that. And they've been married over 14 years. She taught high school, which I think is in itself an amazing credential. And she did that for five years. And when you hear her story, you're going to understand why she is a devoted home, stay-home mom now. But she also mentioned that she loves to travel. So there's, I know this about you. You're very adventurous. And I think God gave you that as a gift. It's very dear to me that that was so obvious in your And your stuff. And then I didn't know this about you that you do tennis as your outlet when you're not wanting to think about groceries and medical decisions. And also, I'm going to give you one quote from Katie because I could have written this myself. It's so (laughs) funny. I also am an avid reader. One of the few things that will cause me great anxiety is nearing the end of a great book and not having another one ready to go.
2: I made a list last night of like my eight next books, and there's just such a sense of relief of knowing I've got eight in line. And so. you know,
1: anxiety is a constant thing for many, many of us. And so, and I'm so I'm doing a lot of thinking about anxiety and different kinds of fear and what they look like. I've done some posting on that already in preparation for a book I plan to write in the future after I finish the ones I'm working on right now. Uh-huh. But I just laughed when I saw that. I, I think. I get that, not having your next book. Book is like, it's like my opium, you know. We have this opioid crisis in our country. If more people would just read books, wouldn't that be a great way to get relief from the stress? We could
2: solve the problems, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. What was your other one, Books and What?, Naps. (laughs) Naps. <laughs> oh, naps. Oh, yeah, you did say you're a professional nap taker. And actually, I was thinking about stealing that and totally plagiarizing it. Okay, so we're in for a treat today. Katie is going to tell us her, her story. Katie, I kind of want you to begin with what it was like. You fell in love with this wonderful man. You're expecting your first child, and you have expectations. All young parents have those. And you have fears Every. Young couple has that as they begin to think about starting their family, so tell me a little bit about how that happened with you guys
2: sure um well, you know Reagan and I are very much uh, rule followers, so we did the um, which has been a challenge for us sometimes um, but you know we did we got married and then we he was um in law school, and so I taught high school we did that thing for a couple of years, and then we moved um across Texas and you know now it was according to the timeline time to start a family and mm-hmm. so we began that process and uh we actually lost our first baby um mm. through miscarriage the end of the first trimester um at 11 weeks 4 days and that was devastating mm. um to me because that was not according to my plan and right. uh um, And I thought I had followed all the rules I had done, you know, if it was on the, maybe don't eat this list, then I was far away from it. Um, and so that was just crushing. And I I can remember laying in bed, um, crying to God and I told him my feelings were hurt because I knew he was of saving that life Mm. and he chose not to, and it hurt my feelings. (laughs) Um, and that's what I told the Lord. Um, and, and that was just really, really crushing for us. Um, we were the first of our friends to experience miscarriage. Um, it's such a common
1: experience. I, I just want to throw that out. And you know that now, of course, once you start sharing stories, you find out there's people all around you that God has brought sure. into your life. But yeah. I want to mention that in case anyone is listening that that has experienced a miscarriage, that we're gonna get, we're gonna address that as Katie tells her story. But that's not the main theme of what we're talking about today. But that doesn't mean that we, over, we go over it quickly or without awareness. It's so traumatizing to have a miscarriage.
2: Yeah, so that certainly affected, I think, going into our next pregnancy, just because mm-hmm. that sense of um, bliss and maybe um, naivety was gone. Um, mm-hmm. So there was always that fear and worry. Right. But at the time, I loved being pregnant, which is so funny, Kathy. I was just telling my husband last night, how much oh. I loved being pregnant! Aww. I just loved it. And he looked at me like I had lost my mind, and he said, "Do you remember our pregnancies? Were you there?" Uh, <laughs> because they were so, um, you know. As I'll get to, they ended up being uh, apparently fairly stressful for everybody else. But the Lord has. Aww. I really feel like. I mean, of course, I remember all the stress and the anxiety and the heartaches, but I, the Lord has just left me with this. Um, I loved it. So mm-hmm. somehow, in His mysterious ways he's allowed me to, yes, I vividly remember, um, the grief and the heartache, mm-hmm. but, it, but I loved being pregnant. I remember the joy and the, everything was exciting. And, um, so I'm, am grateful for his grace in that. So, uh, we became pregnant mm-hmm. and loving it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, every little movement I loved. And then, um, it was a Wednesday in June and I felt, um, I actually had a dream about my baby's hand. And I think that it was a differently formed hand. And I didn't know anybody with limb differences at the time. That was Mm -hmm. totally not in my world um, at all. So again, I feel like God was just giving me a heads up, kind of opening my mind to this idea of something being different. But I went on with the day um, on Thursday and then the nurse called from my uh, OB's office and they were going to be, um, they had a company coming in to let them demo a 3d ultrasound machine and they needed a guinea pig and thought of me oh and wow yeah, yeah so because we would already done our big ultrasounds so there was no reason i mean again i think god was just preparing our hearts um so of course i called everybody i could to brag that i was going to get 3d ultrasound this was a big deal back then and oh wow not in the standard you know pregnancy plan Wow. Uh, and so my husband left work early. We go in, and so they're actually having all the <sighs> nurses and doctors are coming in to practice on the machine, just trying out the machine to see if they want to practice. And
1: Katie, it was a, I'm, I'm just a, I'm amazed by this, and the fact that your husband was there. What a blessing that yeah. was.
2: Yeah. Um, so, and we did not know what we were having. That was really important to us with our wow. Um But at that point, uh, one of the doctors said, "Has anybody mentioned your babies?" hands and i kind of offhandedly in my happy little soon-to-be mommy pregnant self i just said well no but i had a dream last night and da 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 and told them about my dream. Wow. um and you know it just got very quiet in the room and um they told us that our child definitely had some hand and feet issues at the time we didn't know what they were thinking Terminal. Mm. they immediately sent us to um the perinatal center, maternal beetle medicine specialist. And um, wow. And um, I remember begging our anniversary was like two days later. And I said, well, please, I don't want to go on my anniversary. I need to keep that day. If it's bad news, I don't want to associate that with the anniversary. Um, sacred- they all said, no, that's ridiculous. You're going. <laughs>
1: um, Cause a sacred holiday like that. I, it, yeah. I can see yeah. why you would have mixed emotions about that. Uh,
2: but anyway, so we went and, um, and it was at that appointment, uh, you know, they began throwing out all kinds of terms. We didn't know um, – I'll call him Will now, but at the time we didn't know if he was a boy or a girl still. And, um, and I'll tell you, that was such a, a God thing. We didn't want to know what we were having in part because the more we learned about our baby, it just became really important to me that the first question somebody asked after giving birth – I didn't want it to be about his body or what might be wrong or missing. I needed it to be a standard, normal, celebratory question like, "Is it a boy or girl?" So um, yes, we just didn't find out, which was a blast not knowing. Uh, but that began a series of appointments, trying to you know fetal MRIs, um, back and forth to Dallas from West wow. Texas as we began to think about um, how we could uh, parent this baby and what his life was going to look like.
1: Uh, okay. We're going to we're yeah. going to go to break here in just a minute and but before we do I want to say I know the end of this story and the d- tremendous joy this child has brought to your family. Yeah. And I cannot wait for us when we come back to hear more about how he has changed your life and his beautiful little sister so as we go to break I want to thank Home Instead for presenting today's episode this amazing story that Katie is sharing with us we have because Home Instead is sponsoring the show don't forget you can catch more on com. that's C Kathy then K-R-A-F-V-E and I, I'm just so excited about what you're sharing Katie thank you we'll be right back
0: a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return.
1: You all to see my blue-eyed Sally, she lives way down on Shinbone Alley. The number on the gate the number on the door, and the next house over is the I'm here with Mary Ottman and I ask her to tell you about Water to
0: Thrive. Water to Thrive builds wells and changes lives for people living in rural villages in Africa. Waterborne illnesses have killed more people than all of the armed conflicts combined since World War II. In fact, 5,000 children under the age of five die each day from waterborne diseases. Since 2008, Water to Thrive has built 750 wells, benefiting 400,000 people. You can make a difference by donating at www.watertothrive.org.
1: Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Stop! Each week, join Coach Frankie Picasso for Mission Unstoppable, where you'll meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Join Frankie Picasso every week for Mission Unstoppable and learn how. Stop. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu... Whenever it's home where mom built her life call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support and meals and nutrition.
0: We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet.
1: Welcome back. We're talking to Katie Butts, and she's telling us the story of what happens, how, how it could be in a family when you go into a pregnancy with one expectation, and God changes everything. And so, Katie, when we broke off, you were telling us about, about this amazing little child that was in your womb. And, of course, I know him, and I also know his little sister. And and I know what a blessing they are. They're the most miraculous, beautiful Energetic, inspiring children. So, um, where do you want to begin? Like, tell me a little bit more about finding out it was a boy and giving birth and how that looked and then how you
2: made the decision to have a second child. Okay. So, um, you know, ultimately are all of our specialists towards the end of that pregnancy. Um, I was 30 weeks pregnant when we began learning about Will's differences. Um, and after lots of testing and MRIs, they really felt like, um, All of our specialists agreed. It seemed with Will that everything was going to be more what you see is what you get. It's kind of the way they Mm -hmm. um, would word it. And so as far as having essentially being an amputee, he's missing um, his partial hands and missing both feet. Um, So we call that limb differences. Um, And uh, so we decided to give birth in Dallas because we wanted to have access to any pediatric specialist that we might need. -hmm. For him, and really, we had an incredible birth experience. My mom will tell you that um, Mm. it was an answer to prayer for her standing outside our room um, because she heard laughter between us after the epidural. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, You know, which I think we were all just so grateful for. We had an incredible team um, on standby, we had a great OB. Uh, We had a waiting room full of friends and family. They flew in from all all over the country. Um, And the first thing people wanted to know was not whether he had hands and feet, but um, if it was a boy or girl. And so, you know, I made a sign for the door of our room that um, instructed visitors that Mm -hmm. this was a baby we were celebrating and we were so grateful for and madly in love with. And we did not want a single person from, you know, a doctor to the janitor to friends to walk in and tell us they were sorry We wanted to hear congratulations and, you know, pop the champagne and celebrate. um, I I love it. You know what I love about that? That is a theme in
1: your family to this day. You made that decision so early in the process. Mm -hmm. And look how that has paid off. How old is he now? Or do you tell how old he is on air? Oh,
2: yeah, no, 10 and a half.
1: Okay, so 10 and a half, 11 years later, and that decision you made is still paying off for you yeah because he's so, nothing but what I mean that child is nothing but a celebration in in motion he is the most
2: athletic, right.
1: he is, <laughs> he is the, the most athletic kid i mean <laughs> if you could have ever imagined that a child with no feet would be so athletic
2: i i, he's I just got think, some national records you know he's practice. amazing yeah he's he's fun to watch um so fast forward a little bit and you know we decide we're not done with our family and we want more kids. And every single um, specialist our genetic counselors, everybody agreed that Will's condition was not genetic. Ah. And so um, it's a sporadic thing that just happens, you know, one in, I mean, there's like 13 diagnosed cases historically worldwide. So it's not very common, mm. but um, so, you know, everybody said there's no reason to believe you would have another child with limb differences. And honestly, at that point, you know, a couple of years in, we had great orthopedic teams in Dallas and in Boston. And I felt um, like I was in a good place, even with limb differences that should we get a child, you know, another child with limb differences, I can handle this because now I know this world of limb differences and amputation. So um, we get pregnant and um, at 14 weeks, our baby stopped moving and I'd only been feeling movement for just a little while Uh, just because of our our story uh, my OB got me in and that was on a Monday and he was concerned and found some issues with the baby so by Friday they had us into Boston Children's Hospital and uh, will was a patient there and we were headed there anyway and he mm-hmm. got us as a specialist up in Boston, uh, which is an incredible place and so by Friday I'm in Boston having fetal MRIs EKGs blood work you name it they were doing it had a huge team and by the end of Friday, we're in a hotel sobbing in Boston when they told us that Ellie would not survive. Um, and so we ended up finding out what she was because, um, we didn't know how much time we would get with her. Mm. And so I wanted to have either pink or blue on hand for pictures. Um, right. That really began a series of lots of testing. Um, you know, again, we started out earlier knowing with her, she had several incidents at 22 weeks and 24 weeks where my OB would, or my, um, maternal fetal specialist would tell me to pack a bag. We're headed to Dallas. She was swelling. And if that doesn't mm. get under control. And um, one time he told me, he goes, when this baby comes out, I'm going to spank her. And then I'm going to kiss her. Cause she was oh. giving him so much um, mm. grief, but, you know, he loved her, too, and um, mm. he, he was a really wise physician, and he suggested at one point that we make a list of all the things we would want to do with a daughter, and we do them as, while we had her in the womb Oh wow. in case we didn't get to do it later. So we took her to the beach, and we took her to the beach, and it was important to Will, who was two and a half at the time. He wanted to play pirates with his baby sister. Aww. So I got videos of him putting a pirate hat and a sword on my tummy, and he would get so mad that she wasn't fighting back with her sword. Uh, <laughs> So he wanted a water gun fight, so our church surprised us and provided water guns and a photographer and we had a family water gun fight with we called her Ellie in the belly. So everything we did was <laughs> with Ellie in the belly. Um, that is so funny.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it that y'all are, your humor just comes through and everything, that great imagination.
2: Well, thanks. It was you know, I'm really grateful. He was he was wise, I think. So it really allowed us again to even in the grief and the heartache and um as we would learn new things about her and new suspicions doctors had, and it was constantly changing. They were having a hard time uh, figuring it all out with her. She developed um, masses all over her body and every organ except her brain um, that would come and go. She was just, a little mysterious challenge.
1: Um, Well, and I want to ask you, because my impression of her, and I want to know if this is correct or if as her mother, if you viewed this differently, but you have this very active little boy who's so athletic. And then to me, when I see the kind of ministry that Ellie has in other people's lives, I see this very tender. I know she's, she's energetic too, but, I view her personality as somebody who's very comforting and tender, and yeah, and just absolutely. so loving and gracious to everyone around her. Is that yeah. is that how you view her also?
2: Yeah, it is. You know, we say Will kind of has this wow factor. I think people are like, yes. I see somebody without feet running.
1: Um, yes, and you say where there's a will, there's a way. I don't want to forget yeah. to mention that. Yeah. It's so
2: funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Ellie has. You know, so she, anyway, she ended up being born with. Um, she does not have limb differences. It is. They have never been able to find a link between the two kiddos' conditions um, at wow. all. And we've wow. been tested all over the country. Um, wow. And, again, hers is not genetic. It's called arthrogryposis, and it just it causes um, limited range of motion in her joints. Okay. And then at age four, she was diagnosed with Perthes disease, which is a bone degenerative um, disease. So, Ellie, I think you're right. She is more tender. And, I mean, Will is very sensitive as well. But Ellie… Right has a real empathy for people in pain and um, because she spent a lot of her little life in pain from surgery recoveries mm-hmm. and having to be still. So she really, um, you know, yes, I, I think you, you are correct in that. Um, to me, I,
1: what I see in the things that I see about her and some of the things that have happened online and so forth, what I see is this very huge hearted, generous soul yeah. in her with both your kids but yes okay so i don't know about her humor because i don't i'm i'm eager to be around them at some point but i know everybody views them as so special that you get a lot of attention a lot of prayers and one thing that i know happens because this has happened in our family when people are devoted to praying for your kids and then they see them out they love them disproportionately and it's weird for the children (laughs)
2: You know, that's funny you mention that. Yeah. I always think of it as people have invested in them with their prayers. Yeah. But, of course, the kids don't actually know that. Right. It's
1: strange. Yeah. And I, I, we've had that happen a lot because of some things in our own family sure. and people were sure. praying. And and then the, the, my friends see my grandchildren. They're like, oh, you know, and my grandchildren are thinking, who is the stranger? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so I don't want to do that to your kids, but I do oh. admire you and your family so much. We have about three minutes. I mean, the time goes by so quickly. I want you to come back and do an episode with me and tell me and my listeners all that you've learned from this amazing experience you've had. I, I know in the few minutes we've had to tell your story that some themes have come through, and one is your humor and your creativity and your great resolve to trust God and be honest with God about what you need from him. So I just want to commend you for all that and, and point that out as it kind of as we close. Is there anything that I I didn't say there that you would especially want my listeners to know about your story?
2: Um, you know, I think what I tell moms a lot who are just beginning their journey of parenting or uh pregnancies with a diagnosis. Um I talk to moms all over the country. Yeah. And um it's just that I promise that the joy can outweigh the pain, but there may be, there will be heartache. There are hard for any parent. There's hard things. Yeah. But I'm so grateful because really the Lord has been faithful over and over and over again that, um, the joy can outweigh the pain and, um, and it will be so much, you know, greater than you could ever imagine. Um, even in the heartache and the hard things that there's, you know, morning comes and he brings, um, Just incredible depth of joy. Well, this Katie,
1: I mean, if ever there was a family that epitomized that, it is your family. And we just didn't have enough time for you to go into enough detail. But fortunately, I've gotten Katie's permission to do another show with her, and she's going to share a lot more. So if you missed that podcast, please look for it. You can find all these podcasts on kathycrafty.com. And also, I want to remember to thank our sponsor today, because we wouldn't have these shows if it weren't for home instead, and I'm so grateful to them and their vision for caring for people. And... So we do these shows so that you'll have tools to talk to your family or talk to friends when crises happen in families. I try to find wise people who know how to live through a crisis like that and do it with grace and victory. And certainly, Katie, you are the epitome of that. So thank you so much for joining me today. Okay, so thank us. Thank you for joining us on Camp Crafty Fireside Talk Radio, where we ponder all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts Truth with a Texas Twang, spoken here.
0: Oh, now. Thank you for joining us today where we speak Truth with a Texas Twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week. Oh, and